from the Blue Collar Philosophers here with Biker Mike from Mars and our good brother from uh, another mother, Grand Prairie, Grant Wood. And uh, yeah, this is a little different than normal. There's no kick-ass theme song um, because we felt that for this topic, there's maybe just not the time and place for it. Um, we can just come in and start talking. Yeah. And um, and you guys know the topics that we've had. It's uh, it's we've talked about depression. We've talked about hell. We've talked about many many things. And to have a more somber introduction, yeah, I think it actually is important. So we're doing it. Yeah. So what's the deal? Today we're talking about Remembrance Day. Uh, this recording episode, in progress. <laughs> this episode is releasing. On Remembrance Day, uh, this is Tuesday we're recording it, and this is going to drop on Friday, November the 11th. Uh, so this is just a special episode to talk about remembering uh, the Great Wars and and uh, Canadian soldiers that have fought and died in them. Yep, and uh, yeah, say hi, Grant. Hi, Grant. <laughs> Obviously, he's a dad. Smooth. He is a dad, and... Uh, <laughs> The reason that I wanted to bring Grant on is because uh, knowing this man, uh, this is something that you are passionate about. This is something that when I when I see uh, how you walk and how you live your life, it is something that you're like, no, we, we remember every day, but this is a day that we take very seriously. And uh, yeah, I wanted to have you on to discuss a little bit of uh, what it means to you, what it should mean to our culture, and uh, maybe what you hope to to tell the world about how of its its importance so uh yeah uh do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself uh, kind of where you come from why why you have a little bit of that passion for what you have passion for for sure i can tell you um a large reason that remembrance day means a lot to me obviously uh just what it stands for, right? Remembering those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for us in the great wars and the, the conflict since. Um, I personally am passionate about it because my grandfather fought for the allies in world war two and my great uncle as well flew, uh, Hawker hurricanes for the Royal air force in, uh, in Europe as well. So I have some, some lineage, some ancestry that, that fought in, in that particular conflict. And I, I'm not sure about farther back in my family history, whether I had uh, ancestors that fought in the, in the First World War or not. I haven't been able to find any information on that. But uh, growing up around my grandfather, it was something that he, uh, he talked very little about. And uh, being an adult now and doing some research on my own and obviously some of the stuff in, in mainstream media and the, the movies that have come out that while they've been entertaining, they, they shine a light on some of the, the horrors of, of what those men and women faced. So that's, that's a large reason that uh, Remembrance Day means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, I, I really do wish it, it meant more to, to other people. I think as, as we get farther and farther away from from the two great wars, obviously, um, with, there's almost no no veterans left of those two conflicts. It's, it seems to be, at least 
around the circles that I travel in, it seems to be diff- it seems to be fading a little bit at least. And it's up to those of us that do still give a damn about it to to make sure it's not forgotten. I mean, that's the that's been the the phrase for for so long, right? Lest we forget. And if we fail to observe, then that that will that those conflicts will fade, and we will forget all about them. We can't. I really would hate to see that happen. Yeah, uh, that that is something that I I notice more and more, and I do believe it to be more of a slippery slope in a lot of ways of our culture uh, fading from the importance of it to 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 acknowledge that it's actually happening. It's a, a lot of. Uh, Really, the jump—the jump from one holiday to the next, one observance of something that doesn't matter at all—with Halloween, jumping to Christmas without a second thought. And I know for Americans, the same thing with Thanksgiving. They—they they have the—they—they they skip th- uh, a, a moment of thankfulness to jump to this Christmas thought. It just—it just irks me. And I didn't want to introduction intro this with, you know, what really grinds my gears. But we're gonna get there. <laughs> And so, but do, you, do you honestly think that's why I don't think slipping? I, I think there's a lack of like, culture that actually finds it. It is a symptom, but but there's this this idea that people are perpetuating the importance of it. Our culture, the people, the the, the uh, media, uh, they the giant stores like Walmart and and these places. What do they do as soon as Halloween's over? That's down. Time to put out Mariah Carey, and and that's almost immediate. And and I don't think it's. I don't know if they're doing it intentionally, but they're really not helping. They're going out of their way to make it about the the holidays that make them money. And and it really really is unfortunate. And people just bite into it and, and don't even think. They don't think twice. They jump to the the Christmas and idea because they're like, oh, I know I, I know of people that have come to me and because I I talk about this is, and they come to me and they're like, no, I know a veteran and they said it's cool, I'm allowed to skip this, <laughs> not skip it, but like they don't care that we jump to Remembrance Day and I'm like, I I agree that they should be allowed to say that of course, but that doesn't make things better. By skipping over it and be like, it, it, it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't make you... Have you ever just asked them, why do you want to skip it? No, I didn't think of that at the time. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, that, I suppose that would be an interesting That thing would be to an know. interesting like, thing. Why do you want to? Yeah. It's like, well, I'm going to remember it. I'll, I will I will take the day. Oh, I'll take the day. And it's like, why why skip over it so fast? And it's, it's yeah. Between the two holidays of... Um, uh, Halloween and Remembrance Day. I couldn't do, give two shits about Halloween. Uh, my kids love dressing up, and we don't mind giving out candy and all that stuff. But between the two, I really do not. I don't push the importance of Halloween to my kids. I don't. I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, well, this what's, is <laughs> what's important about it? <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Which is why I don't push. Well, at the, least nothing in the way it's currently incarnated. Yes. I mean, like we we have no more liturgical calendar as a culture, which to me is a little bit of, I think, where I see why it's slipping away. Like our culture doesn't have clockwork rhythm of life. We don't fast. We don't mourn. We just kind of jump to the cool, bright, flashy, feasty parts of of life, <laughs> but we don't take the time before that to have moments of like somberness yeah you know it's, it's not a 
yeah, we don't live in a somber country. I think, in, in my opinion, some of it is just a, a societal shift away from giving respect where respect is due. Like, a case in point, since we're going to things that, that irk us, um, when I walk into church on Sunday morning and there's half a dozen or a dozen of the teenagers that don't even bother to take their hats off when we're at least praying and if not sitting in the sanctuary, like, and even the, even the handshake that used to be like one of, one of the unwritten rules of manhood is you never shake a man's hand sitting down and you don't give him the limp fish either. Right. Like you don't have to try to break his hand either, but give it a firm grasp look the man in the eye and, and give respect where respect is due. And I, I think that a lot of people just, yeah, we have it. We have it really easy in Canada, and we, we're it's it's too easy to just neglect something. Oh, cool! I don't have to go to work today, so I can laze around in bed and watch TV all day. And you're you're missing the entire point of why you don't have to work. Yeah, the the real reason of it, the 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 time, the 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 actual sacrifice that went into to give yeah. the freedoms well, that we have, even though to your those to are your slipping. To your point, though. Like, say, for instance, the Hatton Church thing, like just as a matter of as an example of of why respect is going away. Why do we expect kids to take off their hat when they enter a sanctuary when seven out of ten, you know, sermons that you know of the year, they'll hear, hear the preacher say the church isn't a special place. It's not about the building. God doesn't give a crap about where you sit or where you do church. It None of that matters. All that matters is we're singing praise to Jesus and we're hearing Bible stories and learning exposition. Like it's it's just a classroom. Like if, if that is what we're telling people, then why are we surprised seeing that play out in their inherent behaviors. If the church, if the sanctuary isn't special, why should I treat it as special? Why should I respect it if the preacher won't, or the Bible college I went to won't, <laughs> or et cetera, et cetera? I think I think again that's some of that societal shift away from from certain <clears throat> observances that were that were at least they started out as, as things of respect, right? The mm-hmm. handshake, the taking your hat off. I mean, as a kid, when I grew up, you took your hat off and you came in the house, and it's not even a church, right? Yeah. There's no need to wear your hat in, in the house. You take, I mean, and, and it's a it's a cultural thing to an extent, too. I was also taught to take my shoes off at the door, right? Yeah, I was, I was I raised my, the opposite. If but... I didn't take my shoes off the door, Dad kicked my butt back outside. Right. Well, so, where we live like half the year, it's wet. Like you can't wear your shoes inside. Like that's like a practical thing as well as per, as respect. But, you know, it's like is, a hat, yeah. like a hat really like there's no, you know, like you're even wearing a hat backwards right now. Right? Like a lot of times we wear a hat out of no practical purpose other than this is something we want to wear. Yeah. Like, or a bad hair yeah, day. Bad hair day. Hair <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. I yeah. live that one. So. Yeah. But I, to me, like this whole thing, and maybe maybe I'm reading the tea leaves wrong on it, but I think it's a lot of it has to do with a growing lack of recognition of what is sacred. Like we're losing that enchanted view of the world where we see God places. Because ultimately... God is the one from whom respect derives. Like he's. Yeah, but we're also lacking example. Well, I mean, okay. 
you're changing the example on me halfway through my allegory. Sorry. <laughs> go, go ahead. Keep finishing. <laughs> <laughs> like, God is ultimately what is good, right? Even if we're just looking at it purely as an ideological thing rather than a real person. But that is the source from which we get joy, the source from which we get happiness, the source for which we respect things. So if we shy back further and further and further away from God as a standard to uphold or a, a standard to look to, then that's automatically going to mean we are inherently less respectful. We are inherently less joyful or inherently less good or we're just, we're not, we're shying away from the source. Right. I think there's something to that, but, but like I was attempting to get to with the, the examples, uh, the men among you, how are they acting? Are they raising their children to stand up when you shake a man? I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I understand the difficulty of trying to teach your son how to shake somebody's hand when, but, when, when he's got a small hand. Uh, and that, that can't grip, but I'm like, do your best, get a good grip, stick your thumb. Like you're, you're doing your best. Like understand you got a small hand and same thing with taking your hat off and, and in your building then, and, and giving it the respect that it should deserve. Same thing with the, at the dinner table. If you're having dinner with somebody and you're wearing a hat, that's, I don't know. I, I realize that there's a, a cultural nuance to it, but, but like you said, slipping further and further away from those things. Yeah, I mean, there, there's levels, there's hierarchies, <laughs> there's hierarchies of respect, right? Like you should be playing out in your home, even just at the dinner table, you should be playing out like a mini version of the universe <laughs> of like, of respect given to the father, to the mother, uh, receiving the food, like just acting in a proper way when you're at this, this place, right? And that scales up bigger to bigger family functions, scales is a bigger to church or city and scales bigger to nation building, right? Yeah. So that's for usually you're a macro and I'm a micro. <laughs> I'm the one who thinks about the micro micro uh, evolution. I think that's exactly of, that's exactly what we're doing here. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah, exemplifying. But they're they're it from, tied to one another. They scale up or scale down. Yeah. See, usually that's where I, I come from. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, for myself. I don't have a background of family that came from war. My my um, my ancestors were draft dodgers from World War. They ran away from World War One uh, from South Carolina, North Carolina area <coughs> on my mother's side and on my father's side. Well, they're French, so they just gave up immediately. And uh, <laughs> you know what you did. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I don't have a huge background when it comes to war, but I don't know what it is. Hanging out with guys like you, hanging out with uh, the Americans that we got to hang out with throughout the years and really seeing the importance and, of sacrifice and, and paying attention to what's going on in the world really, really pushed me towards uh, teaching that to my children and saying, hey, this is something that's important. This is something we can't just let go of and and pushing it on them almost i push that on them more than i push faith <laughs> not that i don't think faith is important but i i really do think that uh, they go hand in glove kind of one goes with the other of recognizing the importance Sorry. of sacrifice recognizing the importance of sacrifice 
and and uh, recognizing what Christ did because any uh, no greater love than this uh, how does it go no greater love than this a man a brother laid down his life for his brother and then we look at what Christ did for us and I'm like man that that just exemplifies if we can do this how much more does he love us because he didn't even know uh, well he did but he did, in spite of knowing us so well so I don't know I'm going to circle back to that a little bit and push back a little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So, like, from, I guess, I'd, I'd be interested for you, Grant, like, uh, like on the day-to-day, like, aspect of this, or just what are you trying to teach your kids? And then, really, what is the motivating you in, or in, in that? Like, when you look at veterans, what, I guess, what do you see? When I look at, at <clears throat> veterans... I mean, I guess it, it depends on, like, I know veterans of, of a couple of different generations. I have a co-worker at work right now that's that's younger than me that's a veteran, and I have friends that are, like, retirement age, too, right? So, I guess, to me, that that, that depends on the person I'm looking at, right? It, it, it varies a little bit in the conflict that, that they were involved in. Not that it, it changes the the amount of respect they should be due, but um, I guess what it looks like for me in the day-to-day is trying to instill in my children that there's there's a lot more going on in the world than just our own little our own little click and there are times in history where people had to band together to fight a common enemy, good, bad, or indifferent, right? And yeah, I get, I get, it's, it's just something I've, I've always respected. I, I, I don't necessarily know why. Hmm. I guess I, I think I. It, and it's not just not just veterans. Like I, I, I also have a high respect for for farmers because I know where the food that I eat comes from, right? And I have respect for people that work in the in the oil patch because I know where the gas that goes in my vehicle comes from, right? And I think a lot of that stems from being exposed to some of that. Um, again, my grandfather was a farmer. I've worked in the patch myself and and understand some of the the sacrifice that goes into providing a service or something like that. So the, the, the very fact that we're, they're free, that we're free in, in this country to do pretty much whatever the heck we want comes on the back of some people that laced up their boots and, and fought a common enemy to keep us, to be able to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 I suppose it's, uh, it's kind of like that grocery store, Maybe society has that grocery store syndrome where, like, no, meat comes from Safeway <laughs> rather than, <laughs> like, rather than understanding what the butcher has to do in order to put that meat in front of you. It's, we think, like, yeah, he has oh, to go man. to the back of the store. <laughs> he has to walk to the back of the store. All the store way to the get, back, and that's where they keep it. That's where they keep the meat. Rather than, you know, seeing what the butcher does. And maybe as a society, we, we like the way we live right now, but we don't give proper respect to I guess the butchers that 
you know, put that meat on our table. Yeah. Like we, we, they, they, they put the work of, in. We don't want to look at what the grisly reality of what had to be done in order to get it. There's a lot of steps that come before it even makes it to the butcher even, right? Like a lot, a lot of work and input that goes into just raising that animal and getting it to the slaughterhouse to get butchered for consumption. Right. And there's a lot of, a lot of steps that a lot of people don't realize that go into putting gas in your vehicle or. Oh yeah. They think they just come, it comes right out of the ground. A hundred percent. Some people think it comes out of the ground and they put it in the tank and then you can just go fill up your vehicle. They don't know about the refining process, the amount of travel that goes into getting any, any kind of fuel at all. And they just assume it, yeah, it just comes. It's just there. And I think that goes back to your question about what am I doing with my kids to, to instill this, this level of respect for, for veterans, right? I mean, exposing them to some of the things they've done and what these conflicts meant in world history and stuff that expose, like, unless we teach our kids respect and, and, and why we respect certain things, they're not, it's, you know, they're not going to learn by osmosis. It's going to have to be taught to them. It's the same as the taking your hat off and, and shaking somebody's hand. If we're not teaching them, we're failing as parents too. Yeah. And I think a big part of that, if, if you're able to expose them to people, uh, veterans, not just the, the stories, but also expose them to the people, make them real. Because that's the thing. We, we have this disconnect sometimes where we'll, we'll hear about the story, recognize that it happened, but we detach that from the actual people that fought and died. And so if you can right. find somebody who actually fought, I know some guys that have been to war and, and done some of that stuff and, and meeting them and talking to them. And I'm like, oh, this guy's, this guy's seen shit. You can, you can see the pain in his eyes. You can see the, 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 the anger and stuff that he's constantly suppressing, suppressing and the emotion because of the things that he's seen. And they dis, we disconnect the person from the action. It's like, no, they're one and the same. You need to meet these people and actually talk to them and, and you see it. So what would you say to somebody who would punch back at that and be like, yeah, but they signed on for it. I don't have sympathy for something you chose to do. Somebody had to do it. And, and you, because you were too afraid or too cowardice or, or just it's not my deal, somebody fought so it could be your deal or so it could not be your deal. Somebody okay. stepped in your place, and you're gonna. Say, and I think so I'm gonna that play, would be the I'm worst gonna, I'm gonna fucking play, attitude ever. It I'm would make play me dev, so angry. I'm gonna play like, devil's advocate again, and what they say, like, which war, which one did you have to do? Whichever one that their government told them to, which I disagree with, <laughs> <laughs> which is horrible. I, I'm not sure I've ever heard that come out of your mouth. Uh, do what your government tells you to. <laughs> again. No, oh, you are a bundle of paradoxes, my brother. I know. It's because I'm talking about supporting our troops, not supporting the people who put them in these harm's way. I don't support a lot of the wars that they went into, but these are people that are stepping in what they to fight for what they believe or fight for their country and what their country says to fight for. Even if you disagree, they're doing their job. And I, I don't support the wars, a lot of them. But the Great Wars, like the World War One, World War Two, yeah, we're not going to get to see those people very often. And there's very few, what do you call them, righteous fights left. Mm. I mean, they may be coming. They may be coming. Like, yeah, right now I don't see a lot of them going on. But at the same time, 
like it's important to remember that there were actually some things worth fighting for. Yeah. And they usually were horrific in how they played out and like some people didn't even get a choice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like World War One or World War Two. Like with yeah. the with the conscriptions, like God, I feel for those people that you know, basically plucked out of their home and sent off to this thing and went and saw those things and did those things. Oh yeah. You know, to various degrees of success and valor and sacrifice, but like still like like I, I can't imagine looking at somebody who went through one of those one of those ordeals, whether they signed up to go or whether they were conscripted and looking at them and you know with, with disrespect or disregard yeah like that's that's wrong and that's 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 why when you said that what if the I say they signed up for this I'm like <laughs> that's a trigger and then uh. it's a trigger but like somebody could be like yeah fuck yeah Afghanistan let's go <laughs> Iraq let's let's do this hey you wanna you wanna go you know <laughs> wanna go kill some Arabs <laughs> you I mean some people do some people do engage in war with that. Oh with yeah. That no, I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with that. There are people out there that are just, I always wanted to kill somebody and here's a great way to do it. And I get paid. <laughs> there are those people, but, uh, they, yeah, they're, yeah. My, I uh, think they're far fewer and in between. Than my, my nephew just had an encounter with a recruiter down in the States. Uh, at, a, at a high school function sort of thing, right? So he's he's all jacked and buff because he's like just insane testosterone. <laughs> but uh, yeah, American testosterone. Yeah, I mean he's a gym rat. Like Free no home. other ambition other than that. But he like got a hand to him. He lifts heavy things a lot and is dedicated to doing it. <laughs> but I'm sure like this recruiter took one look at this kid and was like, gonna get that one. <laughs> <laughs> And basically was like, here's, do you want to be a Marine? Marine? It's a great, it's a great career. We'll do this for you. We'll do this for you. And, you know, it kind of gave him the laundry list of, of ways that this is going to benefit your life. And his response was, oh, this seems like something cool to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, like he's I, not I wrong. don't, <laughs> I mean, until you come back with PTSD, PTSD or like, yeah. you know, or you, you know, like, you know, being a veteran's no joke, you know, for some of the, the no. shit that they go through. And some of them come back hard as fuck, like Goggins and, and Jocko and yeah, stuff like that. Some do. Some, some, come, come, some come back broken. Some come back with uh, at a, past a point of no return. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's it's a thing. But, like, his his response to the whole thing was like, yeah, this is like something something good to do. Yeah. I, 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 could, I could see myself, uh, you know, like, getting all these things. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you mean I could get a Camaro? And like, to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about me like, I feel like if you are, if you are going to pursue a career in the military, it should be with a certain amount of awe and trepidation of what the gravity of what you're potentially going to do could be. Yeah. Like, and that's one of the things that I think is so important about something like Remembrance Day. Like, it's not just a cool thing to do because the military is going to give you a bunch of cool shit. Like, you have to know, like, this could potentially be my future. Yeah. Like, I could potentially have a laundry list of, I, you know, of faces that I go to sleep thinking about that I pulled the trigger on, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, you, you could kill civilians by accident or yeah. for whatever reason. Like, that's, it's heavy shit. Yeah. Like, there's nothing, well, I, there's nothing cool I, about war. 
Like that's fuck the war. Ugly, yeah, I, that, I already that, said that. Way ahead of you. Thanks. That's the ugly part of that's the ugly part of war that's often left out, right? I mean, it's not it's not all guts and glory, right? So yeah. When I when I when I say the cool things, I was talking about travel and seeing places and cultures that you wouldn't normally see, and getting a train, getting paid to train. <laughs> Show, that showing up and great. <laughs> showing up at people where like everybody is potentially at the end of your at at, at the end of your muzzle. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's a different experience than just traveling. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> they, they they have their points. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's the recruitment phase too, right? They tell you all the, it, it's no different than any other commercial that they're trying to sell you on a product, right? They leave all out all the, Side all the crap and just tell, yeah, tell exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. When the military is also a business that doubly makes stuff like Remembrance Day important because there has to be a certain amount of awe and respect. Yeah. Like, for the humanity of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the humanity, for the lost, for the, for the history. It's... Yeah, it it should all be there in a in a really profound way. Yeah, but we're, the one of the saddest things is we're not getting these people, and I mean the people that are going into these situations, like World War One, like World War Two, that had that same level of trepidation and intent. They were like, "No, this is my lot in life," and it was thrust upon them. And that's that's the unfortunate circumstance. And I think that's why we honor them so deeply, is because this is a a thing being thrust upon them. This is not something they chose to do. This is something that they were called to, whether they like it or not. And then you're just gonna be like, "Well, they signed up for it." Well, maybe they fucking didn't. Maybe they didn't, and yeah. and and you need I mean, to that, honor those. I think that comment is more regarding the modern soldier, yes, than it is people from this era. Well, look at Ukraine, right? What's going on in Ukraine? Yeah, I mean, yeah, frick, the people Heck in you Uk- fucking Russia, <laughs> the people in in the Ukraine right now, like, yeah, like they're not, uh, and even like the Russian people they're, that they're are being in, forced to fight that maybe yeah. they don't want to fucking fight. Yeah, they're they're in a position where yeah, this moment is in history is being thrust upon them. I guess that maybe that is different than being like the world police, like <laughs> which is where a lot of us in the West kind of think of war right now. We're like we send uh, we send armies to places in order to <laughs> bring democracy. <laughs> We're bringing them freedom. Oh, that's such a bullshit <laughs> line to sell. <laughs> I, I so wish that we would just I, be I more I thought you were honest. going for a bullshit line, so I was, <laughs> I, I was yeah, helping. Yeah, I wish people would be more honest about, about that rhetoric. It'd be like, no, we're not going to to sow the seeds of democracy places. It's like, we're going, we're going because, like, there's actual legit vested interest in geopolitical realities that have to be dealt with. Yeah. And that may not be worth it to you, but it is worth it. To, to many and your way of life may depend on it. Yeah. So take that into account and then make a decision of whether to participate or not. Yeah. Yeah. So there, it is one of those frustrating things to have so much nuance in. It's like you can't. I know because I'm a Mennonite. I, I <laughs> come. I come. A lineage of draft dodgers. <laughs> no, not draft dodgers. Conscientious objectors. They didn't. <laughs> Seriously, they didn't dodge shit. That's true. They just stood the ground and said yeah. no. 
we conscientiously object to do this. This is against our religious values, and this is like so. We're not gonna if, do if, it. If you put me in a situation where I'm gonna kill somebody or to kill somebody, I'm not I'm, going yeah, to. I'm literally like I will sit there and take a bullet. I will not pull the trigger. Yeah. That is the Mennonite, I guess, idea of of. It just doesn't. It, it. it doesn't roll off the tongue as well <laughs> as draft dodger. <laughs> yeah, it's conscientious objector. I mean, in some ways, like they participated in like being nurses for people that have come back from war, or they like amped up farming to in order to make for pro for produce to to go to to the armies or to to take yeah. you know to to keep the country functioning in some way while. Like half the men and or like a, a sixth of the men of the country were sent out overseas. Like there is ways. They're still better than the French. <laughs> yeah, there there is Fr- ways France, to conscientiously object to war, <laughs> but also be there for your country. Like, yeah, know. and and to to their benefit, or not benefit, but to their point, Canada promised them, like as and and made a law that w- when they were asked to immigrate to Canada from, from Europe that, cause they knew that Mennonites were, uh, pacifists, religious pac- pacifists, that they would never be conscripted. They would, the Canada wrote a law that said they would never ask them to go to war and they upheld it. Even when, even when conscription, conscription came, you were free to, you were free to not do it and go to war, but they were not going to force you. Huh. That's, that's something else. Did you ever see the movie Hacksaw Ridge? I didn't. I've seen what? Cli- I've seen clips of it come up. Oh, got, oh, that... As a Mennonite, you would love that movie. I, I know the shot. guy is not a Mennonite, but have you have you seen uh, Hacksaw Ridge? I have. Yeah, it's a fucking phenomenal movie. It really, really is. I think really I've watched is. it three or four times actually. Okay, give me the give me the the big stroke. What's going on? Well, imagine a Southern Mennonite. Okay. <laughs> goes to war, like, fr- like from Brazil. There's lots of <laughs> lots of Mennonites in Brazil. No, like uh, <laughs> Alabama. Okay. Alabama Mennonite, except not a Mennonite. And uh, he goes to war, but as a medic, and refu- he, he, he insists on going. And he goes through boot camp and everything that goes with it, but he will not pick up a rifle because he's like, I am a medic. I will not shoot anybody. I will not shoot anyone. And then he proceeds to make it through boot camp, make it to the shore of Japan, which the Pacific... Oh, the shit those guys went through. Yeah, that was a nasty war. Like on, on the, the, that, on the, the Paci- arena. Ugh. What do they call it? The theater? Yeah, yeah the, uh, the Pacific the Theater. Pacific theater. Yeah. It's, they, I know that I realized that the Western Front in Germany and all that stuff was bad, but they talked about it. The Pacific Theater, they didn't want to talk about it. It was so horrendous. There are, there are stories that will never be told because of how horrible they were and the guys couldn't say them. Anyways, so he went into that and there was a certain ridge where they just, they pummeled it with uh, munitions from ships and stuff like that, just pummeling the ridge and then they would try and take it, but they had to go a big climb up and then go in. And these guys, the Japanese had such intricate bunkers that they just hit out during the, the artillery strikes. And then as soon as they were over, they'd come out and kill everybody. Well, this one guy, I don't remember his name, main character. uh, Esmond Doss. Esmond, okay, thank you. (laughs) He was, uh, correct me if I get anything wrong, by the way. Uh, They, the Americans started retreating back to the shore, but there were injured people up there. 
And so he's like, I'm going to save as many as I can. And he single-handedly rescued people, brought them to the ridge, lowered them down, brought up the rope again, went and got another person. Uh, Do you remember how many people he actually went and rescued? It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a couple dozen for sure. Yeah, and he was constantly bringing people when nobody else was around. And they didn't even know he was up there. And he continually started rescuing and rescuing and rescuing in spite of everything that's going on. Even I, at one point, I don't know if this is um, poetic licensing where they show him getting face-to-face with a Japanese soldier in a tunnel and pretty much just begging for the guy not to you know, kill him or whatever. He just wanted him to be quiet so he could go and rescue more people. And yeah, he did so much good it is a phenomenal See, like that, movie that's a beautiful example of just valor like yeah. of, of, of a real ideal right yeah like, i know uh, there's there's dangers in like glorifying people but stories of of valor and honor like th- those are important tales to tell because war is just so awful even so like there's bright points yeah like there's you know, even a flower can can grow up in you know in in a, in a in a burned burned field, right? Like it's you know, you just you have to recognize the human spirit is very resilient, and there is good in people, even in bad scenarios. Yeah, even in the darkest of times. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you gotta watch that movie. I wonder if I have it. I gotta figure out where it is. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, in this day and age, like. If Prime doesn't have if you don't it, if you don't Netflix have a hard does. copy, yeah, you can you can even just go on YouTube, type in the thing, and then there's like paid version for you to rent. Yeah, so, so. I can find a way. Uh, that that is a movie that I'm going to recommend. And so the, with that, uh, do you want to go to recommending some movies? Because because we're there, you want to hold that off a little bit more. I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> oh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't tell him. You didn't tell him? No. Is this I what Amanda deals with? Shits. Is this, is this like what Amanda deals with in just life? You're like, oh yeah, by the way. By the way. Okay. You well. should be prepared two minutes ago for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. I did text Grant and I'm like, hey, maybe because he's our guest. Maybe that's why I didn't text you because you're not a guest. And I'm like, oh. Just throw me under the bus then. Yeah. Sure. Thanks. Good day. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna recommend some movies. Grant's gonna recommend some movies. I'm, well, the thing is, I'm, I never right, went. I'm, I never went into it intending to recommend movies. I was just gonna bug Grant, but I'm like, well, maybe Devin okay. knows some, but if, he hasn't if, seen Hacksaw Ridge. If there's, Rift, if so there's anything, fucking know? Yeah, if there's anything I think of after the fact, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll mention <laughs> it. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. All right, Sasquatch, go, go, go. Do you have any movies that you recommend for either family or individual? That is my biggest question because I have a hard time figuring out for family. Recommend to what purpose? To help them understand the importance of Remembrance Day. Um, It's not a movie. It's actually a miniseries that uh, my wife and I and and our kids watch usually about a week before uh, Remembrance Day. It's been a bit of a family tradition for the last six or seven years uh that's the miniseries called band of brothers and that's uh it's produced by tom hanks and it's uh i think it's an eight-part miniseries on the battle in in your era the the war in europe uh so i i the the acting and the storyline in that one is really good i would recommend that one to 
to anybody. Um, I guess uh, probably it wouldn't necessarily. It, it's hard to find movies that I didn't recommend to to watch as a family, unless your kids are a little bit older. Like mine are both teenagers, right? So, mm-hmm. and I get we we kind of we gray the area when it comes to certain <coughs> movies when it's something more historic like that, right? So, um, but that I would recommend that one to anybody that's looking for a uh, a World War II based one at least. Um, there's also a miniseries that they made on the Pacific Theater, which is has a totally different flavor than what Band of Brothers did. Just like we were talking about earlier, right? Like it, it was a, it was a totally different war down there in the Pacific. So that 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 miniseries has it, it's totally different than Band of Brothers. It, it's good in its own right, though. I'd recommend that one too. Which what is it called? It's called The Pacific. Okay. And uh, again, produced by Tom Hanks. I think he produced it five or six years later or whatever, but a really well done miniseries as well. And I guess a couple of, of more modern ones that I that I really enjoy and are probably not quite as historically accurate. Um, American Sniper and Lone Survivor. Um, both of which were, I'm gonna geek out a little bit here, but they're both based on books. Both of which the books are way better than what either movies are ever will ever be. But as is usual, so instead of instead of just recommending movies, I recommend two books. Those those books are are both really good books: The Lone Survivor and American Sniper. Well, that's awesome. Do you know what movie? Uh, I realize that American Sniper is based on a true story, and that really is what draws a lot of attention to it, uh, and and gives it a lot of. Uh, I don't know, grip and a lot of attention is is because it is uh, a true story. But do you know what movie really is completely underrated by how phenomenal it is bringing attention to PTSD? Rambo. The original. The original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was... It's it's great. It is... Yeah. It, it is so good. It's amazing how different, like, First Blood is from... Uh, the rest of the Rambos. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's just a whole different franchise from what that first one is. That first yeah. one was just, I, uh, it was so good, well written, well acted. Just the the yeah. the plot was so much deeper. On yeah, so just many that levels. exploring that idea, like coming back from, because like for instance, like World War One, World War Two, you know, even Korea to a degree, like. Up, up to that point in like these big western wars like people came back as heroes but with those guys coming back from Vietnam it's like they came back to just derision like you know like oh you piece of shit like you you were one of those guys over there yeah you know it's uh you know fighting fighting uh, the republican war and yeah. you know yeah it's just it's sad that so there's really nothing new about what we're doing here. Yeah, there isn't. Yeah, it's just it's just sad that a veteran who's seen some shit and been through some things could come back and then just be treated like shit by the country that he represented, you know, over over there. For good or bad, for whatever reasons that the government was there or the things that generals may or made them not do, it's you can't hold that on the person. Yeah. You can't hold that on the vet. 
yeah again that, that speaks into the ugliness of war right and i mean when it especially when it, it it's not acceptable in in, in the the culture of the time like vietnam yeah like totally different societal shift there from from world war one and two you're right they they came back heroes and the <coughs> veterans from vietnam for totally different ball game there but you mo- they, a lot of them but they a lot were, of them they go ahead oh i was gonna say they they didn't send the same kind of people some of the people that were heading to vietnam some not all but some of them were people that were like hey it's either this or prison they were prisoners and they had a chance to go to Vietnam as opposed to serve out their sentence. And they literally went there, did drugs and did everything else. Like they were sent to the golden circle uh, of, of heroin and, and everything else that they had there. And I don't blame them. Honestly, if, if you're a criminal, you, those are your options. Oh, let me go to this place where they make heroin or <laughs> spend the rest of my life in prison. I'm, I'm going to Vietnam. So, but, but that's not that's not why they were shunned when they came back. Though no, that is not why they were shunned. No, they were no, a lot of that stuff that's kind of come. They out were after the they fact. were used. They were political pundits at that point. They were just used, and it's it's really unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, um, another one I wear. I know it's not everyone recommends it, but it's just so good. The Saving Private Ryan. It, I know it lacks in a little. <laughs> In, in some areas of of it, but... Hey, how so? Maybe the romance of it, the idea of the heroic heroes going to save one man so that he can go back to his mother and father, and, and then... <laughs> That's not the point of it. I, I know it's not. <laughs> the point of it was... But the premise of it... No, that's not even what the premise was. Like, it wasn't romantic about that as much as it was one guy remembering and feeling guilt over what the sacrifice that was made for his sake. So it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for the whole country. (laughs) Like, you are the guy remembering everybody, everybody that died so that you could... Earn an unearned or have an unearned life. Yeah, maybe that's why I struggle with it. Maybe it's a it's something I'm overreading into, and I project on myself, and it's deflecting more than anything else. Of why would anyone? Uh, I wouldn't do that for myself. Why would? But maybe that's just my own psychological problems. Anyways, oh, that's, great that's, movie. That's I like am, it. It's an amazing movie of sacrifice. Like I think of that's of, why I recommended it. Yeah, of <laughs> of all the war movies I've seen, I think that perhaps is the one that has most represented Christ's heart to me. And that's a weird thing to say about a war movie. <laughs> like, you know, it is, it is very much a weird, weird thing to say about a movie where you're seeing people's brains get blown out and stuff like that. But just oh, the fact that the first 10 minutes of that movie, like it's just, yeah, <sighs> just you know, like watching that little platoon doggedly go to save one man. Yeah. Forsaking all others. Yeah no matter what the cost it took, ultimately consuming their whole life, that is the story of the cross. Yeah. For some guy who, this retard kid who, like... He, he made the, it, he's, he's true, yeah, he, he's like, like, no, I'm here to fight. Yeah, he, <laughs> you know, I'm here to fight. Like, he missed 
all the crap that they went through. He missed everything. Like that kid honestly deserved <laughs> as far as like for the sake of, of being one of the people of the army, he deserved to go through everything that they did, but he didn't. He got sent in ahead of the time. He had a cushy time sitting at a watching a bridge and then they came to get him. And of course, like the badness came with, yeah, but like, you know, he's, and he sat there remembering, like, I don't deserve to be here right now. I don't deserve every single one of those guys who was by all account, a better man than I was. And they all gave their life so that I could come home. I don't deserve this. Yes, but, but in fact, it was it, that. I mean, that should be the way every Christian thinks about their existence. Yes. Well, simultaneously, he rejected it. He said, "No, I'm here to fight." He, he did. He but said, that's exactly <laughs> what you should say to a Christian too. <laughs> like, that's not rejecting it. That's being like, "Okay, I'm here. I know I can't offer anything, but let me participate somehow." And being given like, <laughs> "Okay." But you still haven't done what we did. <laughs> That's right. That's and true. you not dying. We're here to make sure <laughs> that you go home no matter what. And yes, it's like you are getting right, sent home no matter movie. what. I got to rewatch that one. Yeah. It's been a long time. That's the problem is it's been a long time since I've seen Midway was quite good as well. But it's, it's uh, again, it's been a long time. That would be a much softer one it, between the the Pacific, uh, the Pacific uh, Midway was a. I don't grant. Why don't you weigh in? How is Mike wrong here? <laughs> I, I I think I'm kind of in between the, the two of you on that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> I like always. Yeah. So, if there's a good metaphor there, I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> some things there's not Mein some Kampf things... had some great points <laughs> not points metaphors some, some things are devoid of anything good like oh. I'm not just going searching for meaning places uh, yeah so, and now okay with uh, the ones that right, we brought going. up no I was going to ask you what do you, what do you got like what what's something that you uh, what, what has anything popped to your memory of something that's like oh yeah this one, like wind talkers, which <laughs> it was fun. It Not was really. To, to tell you the truth, like war movies in general don't move me a lot. Like Saving Private Ryan did significantly move me. It should. Um, apart from that, oh, Band of Brothers, like you said, like it's a fantastic series. I love the humanity and like they, you know, even went to nuances like, you know, like anger at the Germans and wanting to get revenge after they won the war and they're marching soldiers back and stuff. Like that's all beautiful things to, to show because it's real human emotions. Uh, in a lot of ways though, like I'm, sometimes I get the sense that these movies are like war porn. <laughs> where it's essentially just trying to glorify glorify the idea of war altogether and make it look sexier than it is and like hey you want to do this too right like and I, i'm not really into that like it to me like a good war movie should make you be like i never ever ever want to do that but i will if i have to i hope i i hope i'm mad enough if the time comes to do it well to to be not just a good soldier as in like do what you're told good soldier like but like be a soldier who is good yeah and and inspire some kind of valor like if if a movie can do that i very much appreciate it but if i get the sense that this is war porn <laughs> you know then i'm i'm just i'm out 
Like, uh, what's that uh, Quentin Tarantino one? Where, oh, what is it called now? Uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. See, to me, that's a whole different. That's a whole different ball game than a war movie. To me, that's that's not a war movie to me as much as that's just another example of Tarantino writing a, <laughs> what a warped version of history. Like that's just that's just him doing a, a what, like a, a what a, if on history. It's, it's a what if stylized version of history. Like it's it's just not the same thing. Like yeah. I enjoy that as the entertainment it is. Like that's not making war look good in any way. It's just. Like that's a that's a it's a cartoon version of various characters who happen to live in that time. Okay, that, that's a different thing. All right, I just, I'm just lo- looking for that, that's that's a very that's a very fair point. I mean, some of these these movies that that we've talked about, I mean, some of them are definitely not historically accurate. Others are more historically accurate, but every single one of them has some creative license and. They're all Hollywoodized movies designed to sell tickets, right, and make money. That's what they're for, and they and they draw on that emotion, good, bad, or indifferent, when it comes to war, to to help sell those tickets and make money. Yeah, yeah. there's so, there is something to that, like, and that that's it's one of the inherent problems with with just media in general. So you I mean you always yeah. need to you always need to be a conscientious consumer of media. <laughs> So that you're yeah, uh, recognize when you're being played. Yeah, <laughs> real honestly, yeah, yeah, what's have, a better way you to put have to be it? Aware of it, that's for sure. Yeah, because they will, they will play you, it's, and that's why you got people that they'll watch a movie and it says based on a true story, and they're like, oh, then it's a true story. It's like, no, there was a guy named. You ever heard of Balto the dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said based on a true story, and <laughs> very nobody. Loosely. Yeah, but, like you can't disprove that it didn't happen. Yeah. That being said, though, like something not being 100% historically accurate to me is not a deal breaker in any way, shape or form. Like I'm right. like, otherwise movies would suck. They'd be so boring <laughs> and full of paperwork, Just, but they hung out for three but, hours. But even, even when it comes to like bigger, bigger details that are missed, sometimes like the, the mythos of something that you can, you can tap into is more important than the facts. Yeah. Well, the, the the story is truer than true, even though it's not true. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> where where something where the beats of it like essentially play out like an archetypal story that that presents an important mythology that's a part of like say the building of your nation or a people group or something like that. It's it's a foundational value that you're slightly altering the product you're 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 doing <laughs> from the source material in order to to say something about about that structure like it, it works it makes sense that people have been doing that since the dawn of time yeah you know. yeah okay yeah so poppies poppies <laughs> what Taste do you think what do you think great. about white poppies or or various Fuck color you. various <laughs> really? colored things yeah yeah let's let's get into it <laughs> let's, let's get the rainbow poppy <laughs> The rainbow How much poppy, did that white poppy, throw up. <laughs> let's let's talk about what the deal is. Why are we even wearing these things? Let okay. alone why are all these like other things out there? Uh, yeah, why do you wear a poppy? What the heck? I know why I wear a poppy. No, why? Why do the royal you wear a poppy? May I'll let Aunt Grant answer this one. Why do people wear poppies? Uh the way I understand it is it it's to commemorate. Uh, 
the sacrifice the 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 red is the blood that was shed and the black is the the darkness of war is what i was what i was taught at least and then it's also a fundraiser for the legion which is a charity that needs money just like every other charity does right and it's to also commemorate uh, well not commemorate as much as it it's kind of based on the the poem flanders field from world war one as well too right yeah. so it's a it's it's a symbol of that of that struggle i guess is what it is really well the guy found a way to literally write write a poem among the gravestones not even gravestones but among among the dead kind of he is there he is and he is he found a way to do art in that moment that draws attention to something bigger than himself yeah, be, it'd be a, there's it, something about that. Yeah, it'd be a weird thing to be like in in a in a big field of your fallen brethren, you know, just this 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 wide sea of death, and then see like red poppies or you know just popping up all over the place. And yeah, like that. I mean, to me, that would be a moving moment, and in a, a creative person enough, like would would make a poem like that. Um, I guess poppies have been something that have been worn since I think just after World War II. Or was it maybe before that yet? I'm uh, trying to remember. I researched this a couple of days ago, but my mind is a sieve for details. But I mean, it's something that was was made as a symbol to commemorate the sacrifice of World War One. You know, right. to be worn on Remembrance Day, which is a day that happens every year on the year to to celebrate or not celebrate, but to remember. <laughs> is that re- horrible? <laughs> Well, I mean, this isn't this know, isn't a holiday. This isn't a holiday that we celebrate. It's one we observe. There's a difference. <laughs> yes, uh, but it's to commemorate the the day that the war ended when the armistice was signed at the eleventh hour of the eleventh day. Yeah, of the eleventh month. Yes, eleven, eleven, eleven. People That's love why they people did love it. symmetry. I, I wonder how long they waited in order to make sure it was done on. <laughs> Sorry, that was a bad joke. <laughs> Hundreds more will die, but trust me, it will be worth it. Symmetry. For symmetry's sake. <laughs> yes, we joke about anything but, here. But yeah, but that is the that is the day that Remembrance Day is... Well, that's why we celebrate it, like, yeah. on November 11th. But yeah, it was something... Like, the poppies were made by the Legion to raise money because they, they're a charity that is there for veterans as they come back from war. They provide support, community... Um, I'm sure like a, a, a plethora of, of, of things that are needed and that the government's not sure as hell not funding. Yeah, obviously. So yeah, like when somebody offers you a white poppy, you got to know that that money that you donate for that white poppy isn't going to that cause. And that's one of the things that pisses me off the most about it. It's like, it's actually taking, it's taking money out of the funds of the people that are trying to actually be there for vets. And actually, be humanitarian. Okay, well, <laughs> is is that supposed to represent peace or something? What what is the white poppy? Yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be the one that represents peace. It's the it's the one that commemorates the the fallen civilians that aren't remembered in the in the war glorifying celebrations of. I'm I'm doing air quotes here, people, of <laughs> of Remembrance Day because you don't remember the civilians that died. Like it's it's just trying to like. Be like, yeah, that's a thing, but that's not what this moment is about, <laughs> right? Like, White lives matter too, you know. Yeah, like a red <laughs> a red poppy isn't glorifying war. In fact, it's kind of sits in 
in, in kind of a stunned awe of the horror of war. There's a big difference between that. Yeah. And we're not trying to celebrate or promote peace in this moment. In this moment, we're trying to say there's a lot of people from this country that are lying in the ground because of just this awful thing. <laughs> and we should have a moment of silence for them because a lot of them didn't even have a choice. A lot of them gave up everything. And like, this isn't about that right now. Yeah. How, how triggered do you get grant when you see a white poppy or a rainbow poppy or whatever else they try to hijack it with? Oh, I, yeah, I get my dander up a little bit when it comes to not as not as much what the white poppy stands for, but just the fact that they're trying to detract from what the red poppy stands for. You know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be one thing if there was a different day. Ever, I haven't actually ever seen somebody wear a white or a rainbow poppy. I've only ever seen them I'm in sure, the news. I'm stuff. sure not in our neck of the woods. <laughs> no, like, likely not. Have, we have, we have, live, you, in, a, we live in a different world. One? Have you ever seen No, one? not here. I think I've no. seen a white one. Not here though. I was somewhere else. It's uh... And I think I think that movement had no legs because there was like really there was no there was no meaning behind it. It was it was a thing done in bad faith from the start. Right? Yeah. Like it if something is going to last the test of time, it has to actually have a certain amount of of realness to it. Yeah. And, and that's something that the poppy has. It's a symbol that, that has a certain life and a certain amount of honor that gives it longevity and legs. People see it's, it's, it's for a real thing. It's a symbol about a real thing. And a lot of these other ones are flash in the pan fads because they're just trying to play off of the real thing significance in a bad way. Yeah. In a poor way. Looking for their 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, I can get on. I can get on some media. I can get on mainstream media television for fifteen minutes and talk about. Oh, this is to symbolize the people that are struggling within the organization, but they uh, don't uh, conform. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you're you're conjuring up a convoluted way and trying to appropriate another symbol for it. Yeah, and this that that's just never going to have real legs. I hope not. I hope not. I really do. And I... I, I, uh, I think the next worst thing was to... Would, would would to be... To phase out the poppy itself. Yeah. As was, much... Uh, that that would be my biggest fear. I was I was reading uh, an article just before coming here from some guy in, in Britain who was like... He's like, I'm a historian. And it's time we just get over Remembrance Day. And... <laughs> He's like, holy crap, really, dude? All right there, Kanye yeah, he's West. Like, we, just, we need to relegate it to history books and focus on the now. Focus on the future. We don't We don't need to remember that. We need to forget that. Instead of reconjuring this, this you know, nationwide trauma and this, this uh, what did he say? This, this glorification of empire that no longer represents us. <laughs> It's just like he's throwing out all the all the left words. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. And it's just like, oh, really? Like you're totally missing the point. Yeah. Like they, that's that's just you know, like I in a certain way I can understand like yes, of course, like Yes, you look don't at the you future. don't you don't dredge up the past to 
beat it and parade it around and make money off of it. Like, you don't, like, this, All right. that's I, not what this is. I'm going to make a bet that he has compared somebody he knows to Hitler. I don't know why those people, uh, <laughs> those people who was like, why are we always looking at the past? That guy's exactly like Hitler. It's like, who, who's that? I've I've no idea who that. I'm not. I'm not. I don't take the past into consideration. You bring up the past <laughs> when it's considerate for the point you want to make. That's right. So it's uh, <laughs> how many people have you compared to Hitler? Oh, I don't do that game. No, you don't do that game. I I saw somebody drinking <laughs> water the other day, and I'm like, do you know who else drank water? Hitler. <laughs> Do you know who else was a vegetarian? Hitler. <laughs> oh, gosh. He also had a dog. Oh wait, no, I don't. I mean, not not exactly, but you know, but you're but you're my personal grammar Nazi. <laughs> oh, some days, some days. So there's that. <laughs> We're all a little Nazi. <laughs> Somebody's going to take that, that uh, if we ever become famous, they're going to take that segment right there. We're all a little Nazi. And they're going to take <laughs> it out of context. And be like, look at these Nazis. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Uh, context. Context is everything. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. <sighs> Oh, we can wrap this up. We don't need this to be a three-hour a three-hour episode. It's, we've actually gone longer than I thought we were going to. Uh, no, we're only in an hour, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, we didn't we didn't start to late. Oh, okay. What are we at? Oh, we're at one hundred five. Yeah, one hundred five. With regardless, we don't want to just sit here. It's a special episode. We don't want to give you guys. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe <laughs> just to wrap things up, rather than just continuing to beat a dead horse, like maybe just give each of us a chance to just. Say a final thought, and then and then walk away. Yeah, I agree with that. And we'll, uh, yeah, thank you, Grant, for coming on. And uh, but I guess I could do that after. Um, do you want to give your final thought, or you want to end? Or you got something profound? You got a Bible verse you can whip out of Not your? Not particularly. Ass and, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> uh, then I will uh, allow you, and then Grant, and then myself. I, I, I'm going to end this one. I'm going to make it all pretty. Yeah, actually, I lied a little bit. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but, you know, I was... <laughs> Chapter one. You know, part of this is to think about war and think about... Think about things that are uncomfortable to think about. And a lot of the criticism that Remembrance Day gets from those who are stupid enough to think of this as something worth criticizing... But a lot of it are about, like, yeah, well, atrocities happen in war, and our people do it too. Why are we honoring them? It's like, well, yeah, people people suck. And war is a time when it's easy to let your passions run away from you. Or it's easy for people to act in a way that isn't representative of the whole. Like, I really think that, in general, especially in the earlier days, like, our people are people of real valor. And, like, I know holy war is is a loaded term. Like, people think of a holy war as, you know, like, some sort of Christian nation being like, God said it, therefore go murder those people. But, no, like, a holy, like, the holy wars of the Old Testament were were wars that were necessary 
but God required people to be holy while they were doing it, to act in a way that represented Yahweh. And of course, we're never going to live up to that. And I was reading a book from the Apocrypha, Second uh, Maccabees, which is a book in my Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, Maccabees came across some of his dead soldiers and found them with pieces of gold and idols from a temple that they ransacked. And he thought, you know, so he acted in a way to try and cover and atone for their sins. Prayed, he prayed for them. He, he made offerings. He, he had their whole army uh, just behave in such a way to be like, no, this isn't the right. Like what they did was not right. We need to be better. And in a, in a, in a real way, we need to say sorry to God for, for our actions and then go on continuing to fight this war in a holy way. And we can't look at people who screw up and be like, see, like, you know, soldiers are all pieces of crap or we shouldn't glorify them or we should always just, we shouldn't highlight, we shouldn't put a spotlight on all the, the, the faults from fallen people. As much as sometimes we need to say, no, we're atoning for that. We're covering that up. Not to mitigate or do away with it, but that's not the point right now. We need to promote holiness amongst ourselves. And so when you're thinking about war, yes, you know stuff went wrong. But focusing on that isn't going to do anything good. So I, I think that's just a mentality that our generation should think about. Is trying not to look at those guys. Look at those guys. No. Uh, pray for them. Pray for soldiers who are there who are tempted to do wrong things. <laughs> Let's make a culture that's better. Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be the thing that I would be my final thought. Your final thought. Grant. Yeah, I guess I just wrap up my my portion with uh, a little story from my past. Um, when I was about I think it was eighteen or nineteen, I uh I brought up to my parents one time in conversation that I was considering joining the military because I felt that it was something that I should do a, l a large part in because my grandfather had and I felt a bit of a I felt called to serve in that in that regard and my parents forbade it um, the long and the short of it was mom said, well, what if you, what if you go overseas and you die? And I said, well, that's part of serving my country, serving whatever, right? Whatever my motives were at the time. And I said, well, I'm sure glad that great grandma didn't say that to grandpa and all those other millions of men that went over there and fought. And... 
not to not to take away from the more modern conflicts, but to a large degree, each and every one of those men that went over there had, apart from the conscription, they had they had a choice to make whether or not to to go and serve. Whether their their parents, their peers, their brothers, sisters, wives, girlfriends, whatever, wanted them to or not, the the decision ultimately laid on a large portion on their own shoulders, and. If somebody wants to do away with the poppy, so be it. I'm going to remember that sacrifice as long as I live, and I'm going to observe remembrance day in my own way, even if it's for a moment of silence at 11 o'clock on November 11th. It's it's something that that I'm always going to observe by by choice, not because I'm forced to. Whether I, if I if I have to work on a remembrance day because it's no longer a a sad holiday, that's fine. I will still observe it because it's something that means a lot to me. And I'm not going to forget though the sacrifice of all those, all those people that, that fought in those conflicts. Yeah. Now, um, listening to you guys sit here and, uh, or talking about how, he would do it. It's, I, I really got nothing pretty to say. Uh, I got nothing really great except for uh, it's one of those as for me in my house. I'm going to continue to raise them to recognize it and to, to um, pay adherence <coughs> to the reason that, that we have the freedoms that we do to to honor the men who fought and died and and I want to push that for my kids because I because uh, there is sacrifice in this world and sacrifices that sometimes you can't make that were made for you and uh, when culture <laughs> tells you it's no longer important I think that's when it's the most important um, at one point I had considered hey why don't we take two minutes on this podcast and I'm like no no we're not gonna it's 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 too easy for you if you're listening to this and we take two minutes, okay, well, I'll take my two minutes when they do or whatever whatever length of time you want to. No, take time in your day and remember the, the, the sacrifice that were made so that you can have the life that we do, live the place that we live with the freedoms that we do have. And, uh, yeah. Those, that's, if you don't know enough about the history of things, about the people that are sacrificed, reach out to people, do some research, do some learning. Because this is not what... <sighs> don't believe the lies of what people are telling you that it was all about oil, it was all about selfishness, it was all about power. There were some righteous wars out there. And don't just believe that everything was horrible and everyone's horrible. Because they're people and they fought and died. And you, you can't walk through life assuming the worst out of absolutely everybody. So, you know what, fuck the, the kick-ass music that we all have normally. We're just going to end this one quietly. Um, if you've gotten to this point... 
and you're like, who the hell are these guys? We are the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. Grant, I look forward to having you again uh, on this show. Uh, hopefully it's a little more <laughs> a little more fun next time. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank everyone for listening. And uh, I'm still going to give my awesome outro, though. So Really? Yeah. God bless. <laughs> Good night, guys. Don't be a dick.